Business in the Okanagan Matters. This is Law Talk with lawyers Clay Williams and Tanvir Gill from FH&P Lawyers, LLP. They talk business and take your questions at podcast at fhplawyers.com. Now, here's Clay Williams. Welcome to another edition of FH&P Lawyers Business Law Podcast. I'm Clay Williams and with me as usual is Tanvir. Hi, Tanvir. Hi, Clay. Just a couple of days ago, I came back from my uh, holidays a little prematurely and uh, drove through uh, a province that was basically on fire. And so that made me think of today's topic, which is how wildfires may impact your business. Let me tell you. Uh, so we were camping in the cusp and um, we tried to get back and uh, started driving towards the Needles Ferry only to see the highway sign the Needles Ferry was closed. So then we had to drive through Three Valley Gap, which was basically on fire, drove by Sycamus, the whole hillside was fire, and Highway 97A was closed, had to drive through to Highway 97B to get home. So we feel lucky to be here. So the first thing I thought we'd talk about is, you know, how do wildfires impact uh, your ability to purchase real estate? Yeah, people would be shocked to understand how the fires obviously they affect everybody it's a safety concern it's nerve-wracking for people who are getting evacuated but it has a major effect on business so on real estate if you're buying or selling a home or 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 a business any real estate i think yeah or even buying a business you still need insurance and so at this point if there's a fire within is it 25 or 20 kilometers okay as i understand it it's 25 kilometers for a house and 50 kilometers for commercial property. Okay. So if there's a fire within that range, within the 25 to 50, depending on what you're purchasing, you cannot have your um, insurance binded. So without an insurance binder, (laughs) you're most likely not closing. If you're getting a mortgage, your lender requires an insurance binder and it's just something that it won't happen without that insurance in place. And and, and I think that's a a good point because a lot of people might not recognize that. You Mm -hmm. don't need house insurance if you're buying a house you don't need insurance but it is a requirement of your lender so if you're borrowing money uh, from a bank or from a lending institution they're not going to give us the money without the insurance unless we can show the proof of insurance 80 percent of my deals are going to be with a lender in the transaction so we need that insurance binder Uh, i agree it's really rare and and it's a good idea to have insurance anyway yeah Yeah. so uh, why don't you just talk a little bit about how how that's being dealt with in the residential uh, contract purchase and sale yeah so typically at this point and months before hopefully what you're going to want in your purchase contracts is a force majeure clause so what that clause will allow is if there's something like i hate this wording it's always like act of god some type of natural disaster yada yada wildfires are included um if something like that delays closing, then you are allowed to extend your closing. It's usually for um, a 30-day extension. Maybe it gives you one extension of 30 days or two, just depending on how how it's being drafted. Most realtors know that at this stage, during this time of year, you're adding that force majeure into your contracts without question. Um, But the sad part is we're still getting contracts that don't have those clauses in there and then fires pop up and we're not able to get insurance. So then we're left negotiating um, an extension because we don't know how long a wildfire is going to last. We don't know if it's going to be contained and they want it contained in order to issue the binder. So we don't know if that's going to take a week, a couple days, or if it's going to take 
a few weeks. So I'm definitely still seeing contracts that don't have the force majeure clause in them. And I had one deal where we were potentially going to have to extend, but then the fire was contained and we got our insurance binder two days before closing. All right. So to all the realtors, (laughs) don't forget that force majeure clause. So I think we should talk just a little bit about, uh, about what happens to a contract. If a purchaser can't get insurance, uh, they can't get the money. They can't close on the closing date. And you said, look, well, it's up to us to try to negotiate an extension. But I think it's important to, for our listeners to understand that unless a, an, ex, an extension can be uh, negotiated, that contract's over. Yeah. And so here you've got people potentially moving into houses uh, that um, if, if the vendor says, no, I think I can get more money. Uh, from somebody else, uh, which is is nowadays uh, a big possibility, uh, then then that contract can be over and and you might not know until, you know, a couple few days beforehand. And the vendor can also back out of the deal and, and claim damages. Yeah. So very important. Okay, so talk me through then uh, what happens then if a purchaser can't get insurance, so they can't get their the the money from the mortgage company. What happens if there's no extension clause? No, if there is, sorry, if there is a force majeure clause. So So what happens then? So usually we're we're just using that extension clause. We reach out to their side, or the realtors will reach out if they're hands on, and they just say, "Look, there's a fire." Typically, everybody knows where it is, and they say it's the insurance is not going to happen for now. So we're going to take that extension of that um, 30 days and then once we're able to bind the policy the insurance company will let us know right away and we can complete right away once that's done it doesn't have to be 30 days um, but hopefully you're giving yourself that 30 days and potentially more than just one extension of 30 days it just still seems like it could be very disruptive you know people who are trying to move into a house and uh, they've got their moving van and they got their stuff and uh, and and we can't get a money and and what are they going to do for 30 days yeah well you've got a big house well, not really. <laughs> An open invitation? I have invitation? some guest rooms, not, not extra guest rooms. So all of your clients can stay at your place? No. If, there's a, uh, <laughs> if they need to invoke the force majeure? Oh, goodness. Could you imagine? My house just has vacancy sign up all of a sudden. <laughs> I also live behind a forest. So well, uh, I think I, every night I go to bed. I think I would report you to the city as well and say <laughs> you're operating Airbnb. an Airbnb. So. <laughs> I lit- Before I go to bed every night, I stand in the window and I stare at the forest. It's just so nerve-wracking, yeah, especially it's, like it was, was never a reality for me before moving to the Okanagan. I was so like just out to lunch on what, how bad wildfires are in the Okanagan. And I remember 2017 being bad. But then just, I don't know, every night I stand there and I stare at the trees and then I go to bed. (laughs) Well, I think we're better off. Like when I came back from our camping trip, I was stunned coming back into the valley and how how blue it was here compared to the rest of the province. So uh, I think we've got it lucky this year, but uh, let's cross our fingers and hope Mm -hmm. I haven't jinxed that. Yeah. You know, another thing that occurred to me with all these wildfires as we drove through these areas with evacuation orders was how that might impact your business. So how the heck, if you can't run your business, if you're ordered to evacuate, then what do you do with your employees? And to me, it made me uh, think about the employment contracts and your ability to lay employees off or not. If you can't actually run your business and you need to lay off your employees, just another reason to have an employment contract, you need a provision in there that allows you to lay off your employees. Otherwise, you have no general right to do so. Mm-hmm. 
And a lot of businesses need to realize that they might not even be directly affected. So having that ability is important because a wildfire might be close, but not close enough that you need to evacuate or stop your business. But it might be just that bad that it's significantly affected your profits. So at that point, you may need to lay off. I can't help but think that Sycamus must be impacted when one of the major highways that's closed or that yeah. goes right through the town. So if that's impacting your business and you need Tourists, to deal with, yeah. yeah, you need to deal. That's a great point. You know, all some of those tourist businesses, then uh, then you should make sure you've got that uh, provision in your employment contracts. And making sure we have the right insurance in place. So does your insurance policy cover fire? <laughs> Does oh, it? good point. Does your business insurance cover wildfires? I don't know. Yeah. I don't know if they automatically. I guess that's something we'll need to uh, <laughs> to discuss with our insurance brokers because, yeah, I'm not sure either. All right. Well, you know, we'd love to hear from our listeners. Tell us how the wildfires have affected you and your business and let us know if there's any topics of interest to you with respect to how the wildfires may have Im- impacted you. I haven't heard of any government services being impacted impacted yet have no, you Denver? no not yet no but anyway glad you're back clay me too after that was quite a trip back so. <laughs> glad you made it me too and uh, <laughs> don't worry about that forest behind you i'm sure that uh, i'm sure it'll be just fine i hope so <laughs> FHMP lawyers are rooted in community and ready to help. Send your business law questions to podcast at fhplawyers.com. 